0: is RFC Throwback. Hi, this is Brian, and you are listening to the very first episode, sort of, I'll get to that in a second, of RFC Throwback. This is actually our second attempt at doing a podcast called RFC Throwback. The original idea was we would do a show that would either be, you know, a way to share or reshare classic episodes of rfc and maybe add some context to them or uh, create a show that took place a, a fake show i'll say that took place at a point in time where we actually didn't produce a podcast say during that window of time say in 2006 or we'll say 2007 No episodes of RFC posted that year. We would have done a fake show where we talked about the movie and whatever news was happening at that point. That is not what this is. This is really and truly a throwback to the way that we used to do Radio Free Cybertron back in the late 90s and early aughts. I mean, a couple things are different. One, I'm on a much nicer microphone. Two, I'm not living out in the boonies. With horrendous dial-up that was dependent upon uh, no signal leak from a uh, uh, an electric fence, and uh, you know, other than that, this is pretty much that same show. When we did that show years ago, there we didn't have movies, we didn't have a bunch of comics coming out, multiple series going on at once. You know, Beast Wars had just ended, Beast Machines had just begun. In Japan, we had car robots starting up, but uh, for the most part, it was you know we were trying to we were making content about our love of Transformers, and we were pulling from everything, and it wasn't just you know talking heads. Which I'm not denigrating the show that we do now. I'm very proud of Radio Free Cybertron and what it is today, and I'm not knocking other podcasts. But it wasn't, you know, guys talking to each other about news or whatever toys we got that week. Because back then, I was lucky if anything came out that week. I was lucky if I knew what was coming out. You know, that was still the days where you could go to a store and be surprised that something new was coming out. Because you had no idea, if you didn't go to Toy Fair, that anything was coming out. The podcast that Rob Springer did, uh, which was Being Awesome, and it still sort of continues today, really, with Transform Squadron. But uh, being awesome, I think really tried to capture that feel of Radio Free Epertron back then. And, and I think we're going to do a lot of that as well. But one thing where I think it's different is this is going to be broken out into segments. Uh, we are going to have very specific, uh, discrete items on the show. Hopefully not just me. Uh, this week on this first episode, we do have uh, some uh, commentary from our pal Gabe Owens. Uh, recharge he talks about some of his first when it comes to toys and transformers now he recorded this around our uh anniversary show so i think he may mention our anniversary but uh you know this we're posting it a little bit later than than what uh than when gabe recorded but uh the show is also going to be evergreen uh the goal is for this not to be dependent upon news or anything if somebody checks the show out in 2030 uh for the most part i hope the show is as useful to them Hi there, 2030 person, as the show would be in 2020 when we recorded it today. And the show also goes out early to our patrons uh, at patreon.com slash tfradio. If you are at the Matrix Bearer tier or higher, you get this like two months before it goes out to the general public. Yeah, two whole months. And again, it's evergreen. So the content's still good when you get it, but patrons get it. At the, at the matrix bearer and higher tiers, you get that at uh, two months, two months in advance. So patreon.com slash TFRadio. On this first episode of RFC Throwback, we have that segment with Gabe. Uh, we also have an update of that scam that I shared uh, a while back. I go into how I resolved it and uh, give you some tips on how to avoid being scammed yourself as well as, if you are scammed, how to work through it. But first, we're going to start off with a segment uh, that I'm going to do on each episode where I pull something off the shelf and reminisce, share thoughts, and memories about said item. Uh, Usually it's going to be a toy. uh, It could be a book. But this week, I decided I wanted to do something a little different. Instead of a toy, I actually found this magazine-sized polybag with stuff in it. From Charticon 2013. Now you'll hear us talk about that a lot as one of the best convention experiences we've ever had. You know, it's uh, yes, there is a secret recipe, but there's not. It's common sense in a lot of ways. Charticon was successful. It was great. I'm not going to say successful. I don't. I didn't look at the books, but the convention was so great for a couple of reasons. One, and this you can say the same thing about TFCon. They took themselves seriously. They When they put that convention on, it wasn't done. It didn't look like it was pulled together on a shoestring budget. It didn't look like it was, you know, somebody's garage with sheets with stuff written on it. Like it was pulled together from, you know, the dollar section at Target or the home goods section of Walmart. Uh, They really took themselves seriously and tried to present it as a professional convention. Taking it seriously is such a big deal. I think we've all gone to conventions where the somebody, oh, I love, I love this. I love comics. I love Transformers. I love whatever. Uh, but I don't love hard work. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to put together the most slapdash, crappy convention you can imagine. It's going to look like crap. It's going to be mismanaged. It's going to, you know, be disorganized. People are going to be upset. There are going to be long lines. Uh, Shardicon wasn't like that. Shardicon, they really took. Uh, matter seriously, whether it was marketing, whether it was the logistics of getting people in and out of the building, guests uh, strategically utilizing, you know, podcasts and YouTubers and stuff like that, they really did a great job of pulling together a convention that anybody would be proud of organizing. Actually, uh, I worked with them on pulling together this ad right here.
1: The Transformers, more than meets the eye. Autobots wields their battle. T- Calling all Autobots and Decepticons, Decepticons. Transformers are coming to Charlotte, North Carolina. Everyone is invited to Charticon on August 10th through the 11th at the Charlotte Marriott Executive Park Hotel. Come meet voice actors from Generation 1, Beast Wars and Transformers Prime. See the Camaro based on Bumblebee from the movies. Thousands of Transformers will be on display and for sale. Meet the hosts of Radio Free Cybertron, who will be broadcasting from the convention all week. Weekend. Don't forget to check out the RFC panel while you're there. Doors open at 10 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday. Register online for show exclusives and early access at charticon.com. That's C-H-A-R-T-I-C-O-N.com.
0: Or find us on Facebook and Twitter. Transform and roll out. Of course, that features the voice of uh, our very own Mike Walker, who passed away last year. Uh, but yeah, I asked Mike if he would help to do that, and I We ran it on the show, but if I'm not mistaken, they also ran it over the radio. That's how we formatted it. We uh, pulled it together in a way that uh, it sounded good for the radio. But yeah, I was going through my shelf, and I came across uh, this sort of swag bag, I guess, for lack of a better term, of of just stuff uh, from Shardicon. I'm going to go through some of it and just talk about it. Some of this is stuff made for the convention. Other things are just items, I think, that they pulled together. First thing I'm looking at is a picture of the shuttle from or the ship from uh, Transformers the Movie separating. I guess this is from the Panini uh, Transformers the Movie sticker album. It's sticker 115. Uh, That's pretty cool. I mean, you know, uh, they stuck that in there. Oh, yeah, there's uh, the ballot. I guess I didn't vote a ballot for uh, the costume contest. Let's see here. There's other things. Oh, nice. Uh, There's a little uh, postcard. Actually, there's a couple. One uh, is Shardicon 2013, Starscream, Hound, uh, Mixmaster. And it's got fan art on it. Uh, Another one, Shardicon 2013, uh, Primacron, Shrapnel, uh, Skuxoid. Oh, nice. Pipes and Snarl. So it's got a nice bit of fan art there. And it's by uh, Crow Magnus and Brandy Dixon. Uh, Another one. Is a depth charge brawl and shockwave, and this one is Perceptor. So it's nice fan art in a postcard. Uh, I mean, and it looks super professional. It's like I don't know they worked hard on this or something. One cool thing in it, and I never never put this together either. Uh, you have to. It's Cube Crafts uh, by artist Cyber Drone at cyberdrone.deviantart.com. Again, they're utilizing people that are producers of content in the fandom, whether it's, again, a podcast, uh, YouTube or, or art, they're utilizing people who know what they're doing and, uh, making neat little, um, uh, touchies and feelies and swag to take back with you. So what this is, it's a sharticon or pardon me, a shark I uh, more about the the name in a second. Uh, but it's uh, one that you cut out and then you has tabs and you can tap it together to make a little uh, robot Sharkticon. Last thing out of the book, out of the bag is a book. This is the convention guide. It has the schedule of events. It has a note from uh, the organizers, uh, Eric and Jake, uh, both great guys. I uh, try to keep up with both of them still to this day. They're just awesome dudes. Um, I miss Jake's store Retro Reboot. We I tried to go by there all the time. Now that I live in the area, it's really convenient for me. It's just no longer there. But uh, looking at it, uh, first page is the schedule. Um, there's pre-registration pickup. It's very well organized. It tells you what's happening and when, and where. Saturday, uh, dealer room opens. The pre-registrants, uh, they have vehicles. You know, it's, a lot of these things are things lots of conventions have. Um, you know, you go to any convention, you know, people who have you know transformers-inspired vehicles love showing that stuff off. But at Chardic Chardiccon, Char- 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 they just did a really good job of organizing it where again other conventions might be slapdash i'm not speaking about anything in particular um i can't actually think of a convention that i've been to other than one uh transformers related that i would say wasn't well organized uh but generally speaking we are on here somewhere there's a third party panel uh oh yeah three to 350 the radio free cybertron show in salons one and two that was a lot of fun Uh, We got a chance to do a panel. That's on the website at tfradio.net. If you've never listened to it or watched it, it's worth going back and uh, checking out. Uh, The schedule for Sunday is on the next page. There's an ad for Retro Reboot. Uh, Again, I missed that store. There's a map of the hotel. A map of the hotel that tells you where everything is. A map of the hotel. I mean, just things like that. And the book is... Nicely, it's it's the size of a comic book. Uh, it's got uh, nice shiny pages. It's held up really well. I mean, I would have been fine with this being newsprint, but it's really nice. It's got a map of the dealer room. I mean, again, a map of the dealer room with uh everything laid out and which booth or table is which. There's just a lot of, a lot of things here. I think we had a table. Oh yeah, table. We oh I had two tables, thirty one and thirty two. Thank you guys. You guys should do this again. Uh, the next page is a uh, listing of voice actors, Paul Iding, Hal Rail, David Sobolov, uh, Daniel Ross, and John Bailey lists what they do. Uh, guest artist: Livio, Casey, Brandon, I mean, you know who these people are, uh, Ken Christensen, uh, Brian Shearer, who, of course, now, I guess, are dead work for IDW on st- some stuff, John Wyckoff, and James Biggie. Uh, panels... Uh, learn to draw transformers inside the case Afa transformers I have a bet yeah eric was on that eric has a, a beautiful a uh, collection of uh transformers that are Afa graded I've never been to his house even though he, he lives pretty close by uh, but i i've I, he's shown off photos on the internet uh voice actors q a uh third party and custom transformers uh transforming transformers making transformers funny that's funny the radio free cybertron show uh, I'm going to read this to you. So, uh, have you ever wanted to watch the masters work their craft and make sure you don't miss the guys from Radio Free Cybertron as they record a live show right from our convention. In addition to their normal crazy antics, they'll be taking questions from the audience and you could even be part of the show. Oh, that's nice. IDW artists, Transformers, a history of the toys. Uh, oh, Flywheels, uh, did that. Nice. Um, and... Let's see here. Everyone loves dressing up like their favorite characters. Transformers cosplay. Uh, Script reading perceptions and relative dimensions in space. Script readings usually aren't my thing, but, you know, it's not bad. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Policies and guidelines. Oh, my gosh. They have their policies laid out. Again, this was a really well-organized convention. Page 11 lists out the staff, people who were involved in the show. Page 12 uh, is an ad for Captured Prey, full page. Uh, Page 13 is a listing of the exclusives. Oh, this is kind of funny. So we had, uh, let's see here, Baleful, which is like spinister. Aftershock, which is quake. And uh, Snipe Nose, which is needle nose. And I believe that Snipe Nose was the customizing class figure. Also was a land shark some tech specs uh, based on the movie, comics, and a Japanese uh, fiction, as well as a t-shirt, a poster, and a tumbler. That's all on page 13, page 14, and 15. It's a comic featuring the exclusive characters. So this was all done, I guess the work probably started in 2011 or 2012, but the convention was 2013. And, you know, today, I, some of these things would have, would be much easier to pull together just due to uh, services being available in social media and stuff. Not that there wasn't social media back then, uh, but, you know, uh, in 2013, we didn't have the resources available to us that we do now. Just really amazing, everything that they were pull, able to pull together just in the documentation that was provided uh, for the convention goers. Uh, some really notable things for us that happened at uh, Shardicon uh, one, uh, we had an interview with Eric and Jake on the show, uh, about uh, three or four months, six months before the the convention, and it never really occurred to me what sharding was, and I know that was a risk that those guys had to to take when they pulled the name together, but uh, Jake especially, but uh, Eric too, but Jake especially, uh, just when when JD. It was JD and I, and we we were uh, interviewing them. JD just couldn't let it go, the whole sharding thing. And at that point, I don't even think I knew what sharding was. I mean, I definitely didn't think of it in ter- in context of you know the name of the convention. But I I probably didn't even realize what a shard was. But JD just laid it on thick, and you know Jake just rolled with it. And I think he thought it was funny. Uh, Eric, I don't know if he thought it was as funny, but you know he he went with it as well. And that just, you know, leaves like a nice memory of JD that really uh, exemplifies who that guy was. Such a such a funny human being. And, you know, sometimes if he wanted to pursue something, he just wouldn't let it go. But it was there was a lot of fun. Uh, But at the convention, um, we got to meet a lot of fans. It was great for me personally, because at that point, I only lived an hour away. Now I could I mean, now I live like 20 minutes away from where it was held but it was super convenient. Charlotte is a hub for, uh, I guess American airlines. It's a convenient place to get to. It's a pretty convenient place to get around. It's a great location for a convention. Just generally speaking, uh, if you're in the Charlotte area proper in TFCon was in Concord uh, a few years ago, four or five years ago. And that's, you know, it's sort of more like a suburb of Charlotte. Uh, it's, it's nice. It's, it's a great area. It's, it's actually closer to me where I live now, but, uh, Uh, It's not as convenient, but uh, Sharkticon or Sharkticon was right there in, you know, in Charlotte. And it was was a convenient spot. But uh, that was a lot of fun. We got to meet uh, Melvar. So Melvar, who's now a co-host on Radio Free Cybertron, uh, we met him first in person there. Melvar used to show up on our old uh, post-show hangouts that we had after... After RFC, that was kind of like what Diecast did. He hosted that. Whether uh, whether we all showed up or not, uh, you know, Diecast we could depend on doing it. And I'm pretty sure even after we stopped doing it officially, uh, a lot of the folks uh, kept going. But yeah, so Melvar was a regular on that. We got we hung out with him and XV, who was there, uh, basically said, "Yeah, we need to we need to bring this guy in." And uh, uh, normally stuff like that doesn't happen. I think it's really only happened with him and with Don, but you know I've known who Don was, you know, since the '90s. Uh, but uh, I think at that point it just timing happened to work out. We uh, were down a person, uh, and he, he clicked, and uh, he has been a, a fantastic asset to us ever since. Uh, but yeah, so uh, let's see who who actually made it there. Rob Springer, of course, Plus it's only like a six hour drive for Rob. Uh, me, uh, Diecast, John Luna. Uh, Rob Clay and XV, uh, they were both there, and uh, Die Cat, pardon me, and uh, XV and Rob have been friends uh, for years and years, and that was their first time to actually meet in person, so that was a lot of fun for them. Uh, let's see here. The only person who couldn't make it, uh, I believe, at that point was JD. Uh, JD was not able to make it. Uh, never actually got to see JD in person again. Uh, I've only actually had a chance to hang out with JD twice in my life. Uh, which was at uh, BotCon01 and at BotCon2012. But it was great having everybody together. Uh, we did our panel. Uh, we gave away some stuff. I love giving away stuff. It's not It's not a gimmick. I really, really love doing it. Uh, it's just, a, it's weird, but I've always just enjoyed doing contests. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was a, it's a great convention. Again, it boils down to taking yourself seriously, being professional and putting in the hard work. And that's really the secret to most things. Not saying that that's going to work each and every time you, you know, you approach something, but, uh, it's going to set you up for success better than, you know, uh, getting a bed sheet and writing Brian's favorite convention show ever on it in Sharpie and, you know, tacking that up. Uh, and, you know, I, I think most fan conventions at this point have caught up with Shark as far as like the, um, the presentation goes, but back then in 2013, Really, the the only other thing that was comparable was either uh, BotCon or TFCon, and in a way, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, I think that uh, up until recently, Shardicon actually even topped TFCon in a lot of ways, uh, and certainly in, in certain ways, I think it topped BotCon as well. There's a lot of people who still say that Shardicon is their favorite favorite convention ever. I don't know that it's my favorite ever at this point, but it's definitely in my top five it was a great experience and it's really sad that we didn't get that uh uh follow-up in 2015 that uh we had hoped to get it was just uh it was a blast and i really thank those guys everyone who was involved in pulling that together uh for just putting on you know probably at at least as far as as far as a one-time event goes i'd still say the the best uh one-off transformers fan convention ever just just awesome This is RFC Throwback. Coming up next is Gabe Owens, our buddy Recharge, uh, formerly of Radio Free Cybertron years ago. He used to also host uh, the podcast on the network uh, Outside the Cage. And uh, Gabe talks about uh, some of his firsts when it comes to uh, Transformers and toy collecting. Uh, Gabe uh, recorded this around the time of our... uh, uh, 20th anniversary, so uh, I think there's a mention of our anniversary. So thanks, Gabe. It's, it's a little bit later than I expected to post this, but uh, we appreciate it. Check out Gabe's YouTube channel, The Salty Seaman. Yes, that's the name.
2: What is going on, Radio Free Cybertron? It's been a very, very long time since I've uh, sh- talked to any of you. Uh, I'm Gabriel Owens, a.k.a. Recharge, a.k.a. The Salty Semen. Uh, longtime listeners might remember me. I was a co-host of the uh, MMA show called Outside the Cage. Uh, I was part of a uh, attempted, a much ballyhooed but never really came together attempt at a wrestling show. Still real, me, still real to me. Damn it, patent pending. I'm still, I'm still claiming that. You might also know me f- as a contributor on uh, Anthony Bercali's channel, Transformers University, where about every other episode, you'll probably hear me reviewing something or talking about something, whether it's an episode of the, car- uh, the Transformers cartoon or comic, uh, possibly the uh, uh, Find Your Fate Junior books or even a toy review. I occasionally do those over there as well. Uh, and I even filled in for Brian when he was going through some troubles back in the early aughts. Uh, on, on Radio Free Cybertron. So yeah, I've got a long uh, history with this group. Uh, Transformers are about nostalgia anyway, and this is kind of a nostalgia show. Uh, yeah, I think I, talking about first is a good thing to, to start with. Since uh, we we'll start, so uh, and this, this is one of those things I love hearing about. Just, uh, you know, personal preference for me, like, you know, how did someone get into whatever they're into? You know, what, 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 caught, what started floating their boats, uh, you, know, you know, what caught their attention and why. And since I'm on that, and this is uh, Radio Free Cybertron, I, my first Transformer. Uh, my first one was Huffer. I got him sometime in third grade. I think I bought him myself because back then it was like you could buy the Minibots for like two bucks and change and even cheaper if you, depending on where you went. I think I got a Huffer for like a seventy nine from Kmart. And yeah, it was my only Transformer for a while. I was kind of out of toys. Like, I just kind of, Star Wars had just kind of died off. You know, I was like, I had my Return of the Jedi figures. And there's only so many times you can reenact scenes from Jedi and other things before you, you know, as a kid, you want to move on to something current. You know, and Transformers is one of those things that uh, caught my eye, my ear, my interest, you know, uh, in terms of my first you know, was aware of it was actually from a GoBots commercial where I don't know if these, I cannot, I've not been able to find these online, but there was, I, I distinctly remember a series of GoBot commercials with a, uh, uh, it was like a obvious studio. There was a, a, you know, a soothsayer narrator talker guy sitting there with the toys talking about how awesome they are. And also like, yeah, there's these new knockoffs called Transformers, but uh, you know, we were here first. Which, of course, is a complete misnomer for, as we find out years later, for, you know, where the toys actually came from and how old most of them were. It really was just a matter of who got to market first. But I remember that. uh, I remember as soon as I saw the toys, I immediately knew which ones were better. And I was like, well, I don't care if GoBots are first. These are better. Uh, But, you know, and then, you know, I saw more than meets the eye. Like, I think it's one of those things I saw. Like, I... You know, thinking of memories like I moved from uh, my house I pretty much grew up with from a toddler to about eight, in Powder Springs, Georgia, and I think it was one of the last things I watched before we moved would have been about uh, uh, the middle of second grade for me, and of course that completely hooked me. But uh, yeah, I was out of the toys, and you know, finally just at Kmart had a couple, you know, had some spare change in my pocket, bought a huffer, which is fun. You know, it's it's okay, but uh, you know, I I, it's not even the I don't remember a whole lot about it compared to my second one, so I figured I got to move it on. I got Jetfire that uh, December for my birthday. That was my second Transformer, which is like an odd two toys to like try to play with together in any sort of, you know, uh, role play, you know, toy stuff as kids are wont to do. But I do remember I broke his chest plate off trying to transform him the first time. And, you know, it always, you know, it bothered me for years. Like, I, you know, back, b- before he started falling apart On this, uh, a couple of years later, I was always mad. Like, my, you know, I had one of the, what I figured out was one of the best Transformers available at the time. And I broke him right out of the friggin' box because I just didn't know better. So, um, that, that's kind of my first Transformers uh, while we're on the subject. Uh, G.I. Joe. Now, G.I. Joe, I got into uh, the toy side way late. I was, uh, it was the, the 86 line is really where I started collecting it. And I do not remember my first Joe figure. Uh, I'm I miss. i, I I'm very, very certain the first anything G.I. Joe I owned was a figure. It might have even predated 86. But the one I do clearly remember getting very, very early in my Joe collecting was the X-19 Conquest with Pilot Slipstream. Uh, still one of my favorite Joe designs of all time. Uh, man, what happened to the Ford wingswept uh, designs? that all the prototypes were showing us in the eighties that were going to be the future of planes just didn't work out, but I always thought it was a great, cool design. I always loved that toy, you know, similar to getting, you know, I said Huffer was okay, but you know, jet fire really got me into transformers, even though, you know, but in the same thing, the conquest was just, you know, I always loved jet planes and that was just, yeah, I really just thought that was a cool design. And, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, uh, probably first got into it was the original miniseries that aired again back to the same house in Powder Springs, of course, a couple years earlier than the Transformer one. But I was always a guy who watched GI Joe. My friends at daycare and school always had the toys. I just I just wasn't in the toys at the time, or at least until a couple of years later. And somehow within two years, I ended up with a very very large Joe collection along with my Transformer collection. As for other lines, I can't uh, in terms of toys. I really I have no special memory attached to any of them. Uh, I got the Thundercats Lair as a Christmas gift one of those years in my early adulthood. When I owned two uh, two Thundercats and that thing, it was like Retaro, Tigra, and the Lair. So uh, that one, you know, that one became like my toy uh, base for whatever I needed it for for the moment because I really didn't have a lot of Thundercat toys. So, but it was a cool base. I had to light up stuff, and it's just it's just it's just huge. And like I had to keep it in my closet. I had a big walk in closet in uh, the house I was living in at the time in Villa Rica, and that's where it stayed most of the time because it just it would just otherwise be a trip hazard in my room. But uh, and you know other lines like I don't remember my first Gobot. I don't remember you know first time I saw that show. You know among some of the other you know He Man. So I've rambled long enough, and I'm sure Brian's going to cut the hell out of this. So I uh, <laughs> just want to leave it with, uh, you know, happy anniversary. Uh love this. Sh- you know, when I do listen, I do love the show. You know, and I'm, I've been happy to, I've been a part of this for so long. And I wish, you know, nothing but future luck and tons of money and exposure for Radio Free Cybertron. That's all I got, freaks. Catch you on the flip side. If you want to hear any more from me, if you like anything, if you like watching me someone tear apart military movies for inaccuracies, among other military topics, check out my YouTube channel, The Salty Seaman. That's all I got for you, Freaks.
0: Peace. Recharge wanted to uh, send a shout out also to Alan Young, uh, who was his co host on Outside the Cage and a wonderful gentleman. We all love Alan. He's uh, Toy Box Comics on Twitter, and you can check out his comics online. Again, check out uh, The Salty Seaman for more from Gabe. It's, it's a lot of fun. Give me Following up on a story from a few months ago, uh, I was talking about the scam. Uh, from the Chinese uh, website uh, that was selling the supposed uh, robotic transforming Optimus Prime. So a couple months ago, this uh, popped up on Twitter uh, from uh, patron Neschalk. He uh, asked, can't say I know anything about the site, but uh, first 200 units are only $50. Anyone? Question mark. And then he tagged diecast. And he linked to this uh, website called Super Duper Shoppers, which I will mention now for a reason I will discuss later, uh, where it says, Transformers Optimus Prime, Automorph, Remote Control, Model, the victorious, in quotes, will always be worshipped while the defeated will fall after two years of research and development, remote control, blah, 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 blah. So basically, it was was a high-end robot that uh, later I would learn, uh, if in development, would have been about 500 bucks. But, you know, it's coming out of China. Uh it I would assume that the quality uh would be um, lesser than, you know, what you would get at a normal retail store. Uh, you know, you've bought stuff from China before. Oftentimes, you know, it's on the lower end of quality when you're buying something. Uh you know, if you're buying something that's usually five hundred bucks and you're buying it for fifty bucks, you should know what to expect. So I risked it. I responded to Nest Chalk, and I'm like, I've seen gifts and videos of this thing shared for a while. At $50, it's almost worth the risk. And boy, was it a risk. Actually, it is worth the risk because I just bought it. <laughs> Which, you know, that's kind of sounds like me. But, you know, I was honestly pretty skeptical that it would even arrive. Uh, the website, it looked okay. But, you know, it's a template. The domain is weird. And they utilize PayPal for... The e-commerce and that's a little fishy. Not that there's anything wrong with PayPal, but it's anybody can set up a PayPal, you know, uh, checkout on on your site. So, but two to three weeks later, uh, a remote-controlled Optimus Prime arrived. It was, you know, that is like stuff is often shipped. uh, It's basically wrapped in plastic, then taped up. It's not really in a box. It's kind of like in a envelope or a bubble made of tape uh but uh, yeah it was not remote control optimus prime just not the one shown on the site it was uh it looked like something that you would buy from a dollar general or a family dollar i mean it wasn't bad actually the quality is pretty decent for for what it was but it wasn't the really high end robot that uh, was being offered so i contacted the seller and they seemed to go through like a normal you know complaint process They're like oh i'm sorry about that uh send us a picture of what you received and we'll take care of it, so I sent the picture and then I sent a picture of what was on like I just I think I copied the link from their site I'm like, this is what I bought, and this is what I got and they responded oh that's that you' that's the correct item you there's I'm sorry for confusion here's your order this is look at your order that's what you ordered that's what you get and obviously you know I'm not blind and typically not stupid, so I responded back I'm like, no, it's not look clearly here this is what." I bought, and this is what I got. And, of course, you know, they were oblivious to it. And they offered after several emails to exchange for something of equal or lesser value. Of course, I would have to ship it back to China. And what you don't know is necessarily is the cost to China from the United States is ridiculous. It's expensive. It's not cheap. The cost from China to the U.S., it's a different story. But from the U.S. to China, it's a lot of money. So I compiled the information, uh, the email exchange, uh, the, the contents of the website, and I went to PayPal's Resolution Center, and I wrote a note specifically highlighting the nature of this scam. Because at this point, I realized this is a scam. It's clearly a scam. Uh, they are doing whatever they can to get out of, you know, Uh, fulfilling this product. It probably doesn't even exist. So in my note again, I was like, this is a scam. This is why like the site says they are the ones who engineered this and are selling it. But here I have found all these other sites that are making the exact same claim. I found notes where people said that they didn't get it, uh, that they received something else entirely. I don't know if it's the same website operating under a different name, but it looks like This over here is a scam, so what I'm dealing with is almost certainly a scam. I've noted on the website, it said you will get exactly the item shown, and, you know, it's kind of weird. I guess they're trying to uh, ease my concerns that, you know, I'm I'm being scammed by saying, no, you're not being scammed. But yes, yes, I am. So all of that went into the uh, Resolution Center on PayPal. I was escalating to PayPal to let them know that I've been scammed. And it was sent, except that it wasn't sent to PayPal. It was sent to the seller as an email because little did I realize that at that point, PayPal, even though I said, even though I told them that, yes, I've been in contact with the seller, uh, PayPal wants to facilitate that communication to begin with. And I didn't get a response immediately, Uh, but eventually I did get a response. It was from the seller uh, and they basically said that they would refund my purchase, not counting shipping, which again is I calculated it. The item was fifty bucks shipping there. Like cheap the cheap shipping was thirty dollars. And, you know, I, I don't want to eat thirty dollars to get back twenty. So uh yeah, I'm like, no, that's that's not that's not acceptable, you know. Um I you I've been purposefully scammed. I'm being intentionally scammed. Uh, I am not going to put up with not getting you know the cost of shipping back which is the bulk of the cost of the item for me not for them but for me it turns out that not only in that time were they formulating like the resolution for me uh they also took the time to update the item's description on the website and the day after i sent my uh, complaint uh it they they posted uh, several reviews because there was a spot for reviews on the page, but no reviews were there. They posted, I think, five, one of which specifically was written to refute my complaint. Uh, I think it basically said, yes, I received this item, and it's exactly like the one shown on the website, just like that note said. Uh, the other reviews were reviewing something else entirely, not this product. It was like they were copied and pasted from some other Transformers listing, maybe on Amazon. I have no idea. I should have Googled the exact verbiage. I didn't, but uh, yeah, it was exactly something. It was entirely something else. It wasn't It wasn't this item. So, of course, I uh, documented that, and I escalated it to PayPal uh, for real this time with all of the information uh, included that I've included in the original complaint. And uh, PayPal got back to me and said that I would get a refund, uh, but I wouldn't get shipping back. So the same sticking point that I had before. And I'm like, no, nah, that's not good. I'm not doing that. But I couldn't tell PayPal that because once PayPal on the Resolution Center, once they arrive at a uh, verdict, uh, they lock it down. You can't, you can't update or do anything. Believe me, I tried. Um, so I ended up going to, and I, I'm compressing the time here. I didn't make this a top priority. I, you know, this was not something that I just sat and uh, worried about, you know, it's not a lot of money one. And two, I was mostly, and I did let them know this in the course of conversation that I'm documenting this uh, to uh, share my experience on the podcast. And I'm like, I'm not an idiot. I I've covered toys and the toy industry for over 20 years. At this point, this is not something that's new to me. So, uh, yeah, but I, I didn't do all this in the course of a day. This was over the course of a couple of weeks. Uh, but uh, I had to uh, contact uh PayPal via their social media because again I couldn't contact them through the Resolution Center, and uh, PayPal told me about something called this is useful to know. Uh, something called uh the uh what's uh, the PayPal Return Shipping Refund Program. Uh, basically they'll refund shipping to you if uh, that's not offered by the seller and they'll do it like on a monthly basis so that's not bad um but in the course of in the course of doing this um well they the the resolution center they closed down I ran out of time to actually return the product i I'm certain I could have gotten it opened back up uh, again um this was not just one conversation with the social media team this was like over uh, Christmas, and they were really slow to respond. Guarantee you that if I had pointed out that hey, I was waiting on a response from you guys, that they would have opened it back up, but I didn't care. Uh, I had gotten a resolution, I had basically documented how to handle this process, uh, if when or if it happens to you in the future. And uh, yeah, it was uh, uh, basically, if you get scammed like this, and PayPal, they specifically said they cannot they cannot facilitate someone returning a getting a refund if a if a product changed hands it's not fair to the seller in case the seller is not scamming it's not it's not fair to them to lose both the cost of goods and the product and i agree with that so they couldn't just tell me hey you're getting you're getting your money back and you get to keep the product which I kind of wanted, again, because I was being scammed. And uh, there's no way around it. It's clearly a scam. And honestly, since uh, that whole process went went through, uh, the seller took uh, the whole, the seller, they're gone. Uh, they closed shop. They shut down that website. And I'm certain they're operating under another name now. But yeah, um, uh, yeah, but the uh, refund, the shipping refund process uh, about, you can get a refund like once a month. And uh, I, that's that's a pretty good deal, honestly. It's, uh, it's a nice feature that PayPal has. Uh, I would recommend keeping that in mind if something like this happens to you. This mediation process isn't perfect and that you don't necessarily get all the information that you need. Uh, I would have preferred if PayPal had made that more clearly abundant that that program is in place, uh, but I wasn't uh, familiar with it. But um, yeah, uh, PayPal... Not the best process in the world. Had I been more uh, responsive on my end, I would have gotten a refund on it. But I really don't care. Again, not a lot of money. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to use this for contest fodder. I think I'm going to use it for uh, our Patreon. Uh, One of the uh, rewards that we have for our patrons is we have a monthly drawing. Uh, I actually call it the RFC Lucky Draw. And I think this is actually going to be one of the first items that we give away on that RFC Lucky Draw uh, Patreon program. So I'm pretty excited about that. Again, it's not a bad toy. It's just not what I ordered. Now, what I did find out, however, is that uh, clearly, absolutely, this was not the uh, designer of that Optimus Prime. That Optimus Prime ended up being uh, the prototype for what wouldn't be known as the Robosan which is the, uh, the company that, uh, produced it T nine, which is an educational, uh, robot that, uh, you can program, you can, you can control it through, uh, an app on your phone or tablet via Bluetooth. It's actually really cool. I saw it, uh, on a video from CES, uh, this year and, uh, I had to have it. <laughs> so I ordered that and I have it back, uh, uh, back behind me. Actually, I, featured it on an episode of rfc recently. That was a it was a lot of fun. It's a really cool toy, it's a really cool item. And uh, yes, uh $50 is definitely uh n- not covering the cost of producing that item. It's it's not cheap. Uh it's there's a lot of electronics in it. There's a lot of uh motors in it that uh, will cause it to do its thing. And the whole gist of this uh update and report that i wanted to share is i saw the same uh toy in in optimus prime form which again is not something that uh, is being produced by uh some off-brand chinese you know retailer uh, or distributor Uh, i saw this being sold on facebook and it was really creepy because (laughs) it was really really creepy because somebody was sharing uh updates through Facebook uh, people would comment hey is this uh, is this great for kids and somebody knowing that they're scamming would respond yes, this is great for kids uh, somebody said hey is this officially licensed by Hasbro yes yes it's officially licensed by Hasbro uh, you are a okay to buy this so they were just lying and it just I don't know that to me that I, I I just can't I can't fathom that. Uh, somebody who is pretty much just trying to prey on the ignorance of others. And I wanted to give you knowledge uh, if something like this happens. I saw it again on a non-Transformers item, actually. It was another uh, remote control. Uh, I guess you could call it a robot. It's it's not a robot in the sense of, you know, it's got two arms, two legs, and a head. But it's a robot in the sense that it does things. It was like uh, a remote control of... Uh, crane or something uh basically it looks like something that uh, somebody had designed and produced as a high-end toy and uh basically this chinese distributor uh or chinese retailer had basically took their digital marketing assets like videos and graphics and stole them and put them on their website and are claiming to sell this item which is Goes for three or $400, you know, again, for 50 bucks, And it was basically the same song and dance all over again. So if you see something online, that's too good to be true. It is. It really is. Not only is it too good to be true, it's a bad bit of Donanomics. You really don't want to go there. Don would be disappointed.
1: Grant me mercy.
0: I beg of you. You who are without mercy. Now plead for it? Well,
1: if I had any mercy, I wouldn't have to ask for some, now would I? You don't know what the word means, do you? I thought you had a more impressive vocabulary than that. Look out! He's got a gun! He is a gun, Cup.
0: As we pull the show together, I'm going to try to pull out more of those classic clips from uh rfc projects and old episodes of rfc i've got a ton of liners and stuff that really don't work anymore but i think we can use them here uh that's the first episode i this is going to be a monthly podcast for now it could change depending on how i feel uh it's not going to go to like bi-monthly or anything if it if it changes it'll be in in terms of or in the direction of more episodes more regularly Instead of uh, fewer episodes. So, yeah, it's, uh, I enjoy doing this. It's a lot of fun. It's some different muscles to stretch. I haven't had to produce a podcast like this in years, uh, but it's good to get it out there and uh, enjoy doing it. Hope you enjoyed listening. If you have any questions or comments for RFC Throwback, uh, shoot me a note. Uh, contact at tfradio.net or brian at tfradio.net. Specifically put uh, RFC Throwback in the subject and i'd love to hear it and uh, you know one thing i'm not saying this is like an open casting or anything uh but i still to this day get people all the time wanting to be a part of the show uh, i'm going to try to be more open to that you know of course i can't let everybody on radio free cybertron uh we don't really even have room for anybody else i don't even like doing guests on that show if i can help it uh, but back In the day on RFC, it was more or less a free-for-all, so if uh, you have something interesting to say, you can record it clearly, and you can articulate what you're trying to get out, and, uh, uh, you know, let me know, shoot it my way, and I'll review it, and if it's good, I'll use it, and if I can't use it, I'll let you know, or I'll give you feedback on how to make it better, but man, I go back and listen to some old episodes of RFC sometimes that I did, you know, 20 years ago, and uh, I just let... Basically, anybody or everybody on uh, to have a segment. I think it was hard for me to tell somebody no. It it still is, but uh, if you want to get on the show, this is your chance. Contact at tfradio.net. Let me know. Have a decent microphone, a good microphone. Believe it or not, your cell phone, if you have like a newer Samsung or an iPhone, has a pretty darn good microphone on it. Uh, Get it to me at a high bit rate, and again, maybe I'll use it. That's it. We'll see you next month for Episode 2.
1: This has been RFC Throwback. RFC Throwback is a Radio Free Cybertron production.